What's up, everybody? My name is Lee. Some of you guys might know me as Intuition, and you are tuned in to Kinda Neat. We're finally back. Um, I think that on the car ride over, I decided that I'm going to skip all the... um, all the stupid like Twitter shit at the beginning, like people don't actually follow us because of that. And I'm sure that it's just annoying. So I'll only do that at the end from now on because fuck it. Yeah. So we've been gone for a long time. I was gone for a month and a half. Uh, and I apologize for that. I'm not going to bore you too much with what it was. I just got busy with other work and I didn't have a chance to really do anything else. Uh, I was like locked in my house most of the time. So it is what it is. My bad. That being said, we are back, and today we have on Bus Driver, and Bus Driver put out a new record, and I've been meaning to do an episode with him forever, and I, this was a great conversation, uh, in my opinion. I haven't uh, had a chance to really have a good conversation with anybody in quite some time, because I, like I said, I've been being kind of a hermit, and so um, the conversation, it's long, for one, and for two, there are some sensitive topics that we talk about. We talk about politics a lot. We talk about race a lot. I know that I listen to some podcasts where race gets brought up and I hear white people discuss race and it annoys the fuck out of me. Um, and I want to just like shout at the, at the people that are doing it. Uh, and sometimes I do while I'm in my car listening, I'll just start shouting for no reason, like a crazy person. Um, but yeah, so if there are any of those moments where I come off like an idiot, I apologize. I don't really care to hear your hate mail. Um, if you don't like what we're talking about, you can turn it off and not listen. No skin off my back. I really, um, I love you guys, but I don't really give a shit. Um, cause it was just something that, uh, that it was stuff that we wanted to talk about. Um, and I think that, uh, bus driver has really interesting, uh, ideas about race. And if you read his Twitter, you, you get a hint of that. And, um, and he's just a really fucking smart dude that I respect. So I wanted to like talk to him about shit that's been going on in the world because right now the world is fucked up. You know, yesterday was a, a mass shooting in San Bernardino and you know, the day before that there was other, sh- or like just tonight, like somebody fucking got killed and it's just been crazy. Uh, it's just been crazy. And I just wanted to like talk to somebody that has good ideas about things over the break, man. So I got a lot of shit for the last uh, couple interviews. Like, uh, people don't like the intros apparently like or like people that are like new to the show that tune in for the first time they're like yo bro I, I don't understand why it takes fucking 15 minutes to get to the interview um, and f- for that I want to tell you guys like yo the format is always the same there's an intro where I talk about my shit because then I try not to talk about too much about my shit during the podcast I try to talk about other people's shit and so if you don't like this part uh, remember that you can fast forward past this part. A lot of the podcasts that I listen to in my per- personal time, I fast forward past the first like five to seven to fucking 15 minutes because I don't want to hear all the bullshit. I just want to hear the interview part. I don't want to hear the advertisements, whatever. So again, no skin on my back if you fast forward past this, which brings me to another point. Man, somebody commented on the site and it kind of chapped my hide. They were like, uh, for the, the last interview with Ilmac, they're like, do you, you get props for these interviews? He's like, all you did was interrupt the guest the whole time to talk about your feelings and your theories, like, you know, blah, 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 blah. To that, I, I definitely, I, actually, I want to thank you for saying that. Cause if I'm doing that too much, my bad. I, I don't have anybody keeping me in check when I do my interviews. I just do them. And so, you know, if, uh, if I'm doing that too much, yeah, go ahead. Chime in. Uh, on the other hand, like, man, fuck you. I could tell that you're like some fucking battle rap fan that just like tuned in for the first time. So, you know, eat a dick, like be more respectful about it and just and hit somebody up in like a, 
a positive critique way instead of a like, I can't believe people like this. Like you fucking suck, man. Like, fuck. Come on, dude. Um, so anyway, yeah, positive, positive critiques from you guys. Don't be scared to chime in. I like that shit. I like talking to people that listen. I like hearing you guys' opinions and I like hearing about what direction you want the show to go. Um, the direction of this particular episode, since I've done multiple podcasts with bus drivers spanning back all the way to like 2011, you know, we just had a convo. Uh, we just had a conversation, uh, uh, about fucking life and about politics and about, you know, about shit and it gets dark and it gets uh uplifting at times and and uh but it's different it's not like a life story episode so it's not w- what we usually do here um and, and and but i had a good time and he killed he killed it on the uh performance video so i'm not gonna sit and bullshit too much longer i just want to get into the interview with bus driver uh i'm glad to be back we have a bunch of these lined up and i'm excited about it and then it's almost christmas time so my mom's gonna be in town so i'm gonna do another episode with her and i'm excited about that because uh, those are some of my favorites and um yeah I'm sorry that I took so long to make a new episode, and I'm happy to fucking talk to you guys again. Uh, That being said, here is my interview with Bus Driver. In the middle of doing that and a few other projects, what came together was this body of work called Thumbs. And, uh, Did the fun mixtape get put out? Thumbs is the fun mixtape. Okay, that's, okay. that's what I'm saying. Oh, okay, my bad. The idea of the fun mixtape got overtaken by whatever Thumbs became. But uh, but uh, yeah, I can't really explain it. It's just uh, it's something that happened. It's really a continuation of my last record, kind of in a lot of ways. What kind of an extreme kind of just take on that whole agenda. But uh, it's really me trying to, like, rap a little bit without a lot of filters in my way and uh, trying to get back into a headspace like that. What sort of filters have you been applying? I don't know. Just anything, you know, anything that's keeping me from doing something honest or good or good and honest. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because I've been... I've been making music for some type of market for a while, regardless of how unencumbered or irresponsible or freewheeling it is. You know what I mean? So it's like sometimes you get conventions you kowtow to, or just things, you know, and it's just, yeah. So Thumbs is just me kind of like, ah, kind of like opening up. Like, is it trying to like fall in love with music again in se- in a sense is that what you mean like when you say you've been making music for a market does that feel do you mean that that feels contrived or something well you know what i'm really lucky cuz no one tells me what to do so right i mean we all make something to fit in a place but you know i'm fairly lucky but that being said you know I do try to do certain things. I do try to be a certain type of rapper, but those ideas are are done though now. They're done. When you say you try to be a certain type of rapper, I, I'm asking you these questions for myself more or less because I'm going I'm, through that kind of shit. Like, do you feel pigeonholed in what you've made yourself ever? Um, completely. But that that I mean, I feel pigeonholed only from a f- certain point of view. Mm-hmm. You know. And that's what I mean. Like, it's all about perspective. And with Thumbs, I just kind of... 
clear the perspective a tiny bit in order to get to another place. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And, you know, just being more honest, you know, like, you know, I came up learning about music in the Mer Park and I come from a, 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 a upper middle class background. I, I've traveled a lot and just making all that make sense for the type of motherfucker I am. Really, you know what I mean? Rather than, you know, peering through rap or anything. It's like rap is just a tool, you know what I mean? Right. But you 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 know that more than I do, I think. I don't know. <laughs> I, I honestly don't think that I know anything more than you know. I, I always think uh, this is going to sound like ass kissing or blowing smoke, but like you're one of the most intimidating people to talk to because I just think you're so f- smart, and I get really like nervous around smart people. I don't, I don't like being the second smartest in the room. I'm man. <laughs> I'm I'm an idiot who's being just. I'm an idiot on top of uh, another idiot. You have no idea. <laughs> I feel like everyone always, I I don't know. It's funny how the grass is always greener. Did you try anything different with the release of this one? Yeah, I didn't. I didn't do a lot of the normal stuff I do. Yeah, I kind of let the people have it. Um, my infrastructure is kind of transitioning, and I let it just kind of be, kind of to see what I can do alone, and to not expend too many resources. And it just kind of fall into what the climate is now. You know what I mean? So you just kind of did it by yourself? Well, I did, yeah, I did it by myself. You know, I've been with uh, Ninja Tune and other things for a while. And I'm not with any of those right now. And I'm just putting out things. I put it out through temporary whatever, oh. which, which is an imprint I've been putting through Alpha Pup for, for years. And it's been dormant. But we just... We just opened the doors and we put thumbs out. So nice. Um, now this is not a gossip show, obviously, but that uh, like leads into a transitionary question that you can dodge if you want to. But obviously, some things have been shaken up amongst the 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 land of Hellfire. And if you want to speak on that stuff, you can. If you don't, we'll just edit that question out. Well, I stopped working for Hellfire Club last year, um, or the end of last year, or the beginning of this year, around that time. Mm-hmm. And it just uh, it dissolved because of some things, mainly involving uh, the release of Milo's record. There were some problems with the how that was run. Right, and you guys can go listen to the podcast with Milo that we just did if you want to hear his side of that story. And then, yeah. But for me. At the end of the day, I'm very happy of all the work we did and of the genuine momentum and genuine uh, movement that we were trying to eke out of this fertile L.A. playing field. So I don't think anything we did was false or wrong or that those records or that work is wrong. That work is that work happened you know and um you know i have love for everybody but it you know it didn't work out so and that's changed everybody in different ways you know do you feel like it's kind of cyclical for things to just eventually fall apart in la or something nah i think that you know i think that um 
I don't know. I think that places and scenes and collectives and people are very important, you know. And even in this era of everyone being in the cloud and being online and DMing people, and that's how you make a song, to be with people, you have to foster something, you know what I mean? And so that renewed my faith in that shit. And I always have faith in that, you know what I mean? Because that's where this music comes from. You don't. You don't participate in American music without understanding what relationships bring it about. You know what I mean? Like, it's just how you do it. Right. You're not going to make American music without a bunch of niggas sitting in a room doing something. You're not going to do it. That's 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 how it's always happened. <laughs> so, yeah, so many great rap records like almost feel like they came from people sitting in a in a room together and sharing an inside joke or something. You know what I mean? The, that, yeah. the best hooks, the best chants, the best things like that. Well, like, I mean, no one sees everyone sees the 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 byproduct of what people do, but the songwriting is is collaborative. People doing things. You look at Marvin Gaye, whoever writes Stevie Wonder. When you see him writing songs with people, it's like it's like a social happening. It's like, oh shit, this is why this makes sense. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. So and and to me, that's my relationship with music because I, I came up doing music in the Mert Park and then doing music by myself, but doing it in the Mert and having that type of social gathering be a part of how we even interact or how we would, you know. And like, it's important for that to be in the music because. We all know. I mean, everyone likes to act like money is this un is this uh, agendaless just resource to pull from. But people who give you money to do things, they may want you to 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 promote certain agendas. But if your music is rooted in a place with people and a and a, a desire, you have an advantage. You know, and you have power away from the power structures because you know power structures want you to promote their shit that's it you know and um i think music now even though music i really love music now but i really think that music now doesn't take that on realistically there's an idea there's a there's a there's a complete celebration of money of the blow up of having your penis just like projected onto a wall and just like fire shooting out of it which is dope but it's like Who's writing that check? You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> you know? And it's like, I don't like to preach that shit to people, but I think it's interesting because it's we live in such a weird futuristic world where the agendas are so insidious and so pronounced and just there. It's like, damn, nigga, you don't see it? Yeah. It's like, how can you not... It's like, you can put a correlate... You, you can connect... You can connect Seth Rogen to Sony to the Pentagon, you know, just like that. And it's like... Well, you know, so if that's there, you, you really have to think about stuff, you know? Like, right. You know? So it's... Uh, as, far, as far as the glorification of, like, the blowing up and the making the money and having things and stuff and rapping about riches, like, don't you think part of that, though, comes from uh, a fantasy element, almost, of music, where you can you can talk about the things you want that, that almost seem completely impossible when you're growing up? You know? Yeah, well, that's a part of it. Music's music's good for fantasy. Mm -hmm. I uh, I guess I was just talking about how artists really feel about their business. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. But um, but you know, it's really it's hard to say that because you know, when there's a lot of money in your face, you know, why why would you not, why would you say no? You know, ever? You know? Right. And um, so 
that's hard. But but yeah, it is fantasy. And rap is the best fantasy maker. What's a better myth maker than rap? Who I mean, what are the what are the more hilarious or or polarizing pop culture figures that we've had recently who haven't been some rapping ass motherfuckers, you know? What right. I mean? Like it's uh people like that shit, but you know. And you know, but you know, I I don't know what I've done. We I think a lot of a lot of the music we make and I make, there's lots of myth in it, but there's a lot of truth in it. There's a lot of confusion and a lot of just like lonely just nigga shit. Just like, oh, I'm in my room and I thought of this thing and da 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 da. But um but anyway, that's I shouldn't share that. Well, and I think a lot of what I, I mean, me personally, looking from the outside into into what you guys do, there, there's so much uh, deep reference into whether it be pop culture or literature or what. It's like it's almost like you guys are able to kind of reflect and uh, bring a context to the media that you've been consuming. In a sense, is that do you think that's accurate at all? Yeah, we do. Me personally, how I feel about it. Yeah. I always felt it was like a protest. Even as a kid, when I would write bars. Shout out to the fucking iPhones. I'm blowing up right now. You um, good. That's that money calling. My dad called me. That's that money calling. Shout out to my dad. <laughs> it, is, it is it is money calling. Um, but uh, for me, when I was a kid, I always thought like rapping sophisticated and using metaphors and using writing, using anachronistic writing styles inside of like hoodie rap songs I thought that was like a protest mm. like you know because I always felt lesser than and not that smart and always like even though I came from a good background I always felt like we were just I was just it was just we were just a little less and I was like what what if I was smart we who we we who were oh I just meant just we as in People of color, black okay, people yeah. no, in, yeah. in my world, you know what I mean? And it's and it wasn't and I was I'm not trying to draw more attention to it than I than I would like to. It just I have to be honest. You right. Know? Well and you got you gotta understand from in my eyes, we could have been you know, whoever it could have, you could have been talking about the blow, you could have been talking about Yeah. I, oh yeah. Oh, I yeah. just wanted to get the context. So, oh no, yeah. no, of course, of course. Yeah, yeah. But uh but yeah, so when I was kicking raps, so I was like, Man, that, man, this is this is some we're better than that. Ba -da 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 -da. And I don't know. I've always kept that. So I guess it's like a protest. You know what I mean? To be like... But it's not really because rap's so smart anyway. So it's like... To me, rap's so intellectually like engaging. You can do so much with it. And it's like... It's kind of too bad that it gets kind of reduced to this... Ridic I don't know. It's, 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 people appreciate it as an art form. But it's... It, it, I don't know. There's there's more to it than people give credit. You know. I agree. I mean, I th I think at this point it's a vehicle, and there are so yeah. many different ways to drive that vehicle. And, and I, I personally love where rap music is at right now. I, like, I think I think it's been great recently. Like, I, I think there are almost like new genres kind of being invented by singular artists, uh, and I love that. You know. And uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what I'm getting at. Other than <laughs> I, I want I want you to keep telling your story about why why you felt lesser. I guess. Well, I mean, it's it, there's not much more to it than that. It's just yeah. it's just a basic thing. But that's just me because I was a sensitive kid and I, that, that's how I dealt with it. But, yeah. But uh, but yeah, man, 
How we write is really stupid, though. I will acknowledge that. Yeah. I mean, I say we, but I should just be talking from. I should be speaking for myself. How, how I write. How do you write? I write from a very irresponsible place. I I go against some fundamental rap rules. Like what? I take perspective and I throw it out of the window, and then I put it back later on. Explain. I, I, yeah, you you talk like you tweet. You you speak, uh, you, speak, you speak in riddles. No, but I'm saying. I, well, I'm just. Well, I'm talking to you because because you're yeah. you're a rap writer. I'm thinking. Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking in your head, but yeah. I'm, I'm I'm talking to Lee. Man, Lee's a serious rap writer. Man, Are you kidding me? I'm talking shop. <laughs> I, and I love I love it with that dude. Well, well, I feel like a lot of raps start from perspective. Like yeah. a lot of dudes who I know start from perspective. I'm here. I never would come from there. Mainly for mainly for a lot of personal reasons, but I began to appreciate that as a way to go about doing things. Because uh-huh. then you just bring in imagery, and then you put perspective in the imagery, uh-huh. and um, you get a bus driver verse. But you know that's just that's just me. That's just me playing with some shit. Because I guess in the cruise that I grew up in as a kid, I wasn't really. Uh, I wasn't really always proud of who I was in in Congress with everybody. You know what I mean? If everyone was on some shit like, oh, oh, I'm a crib, or oh, I'm a this, or I'm a this kind of nigga, I'd be like, oh, I'm just, I'm just me. You know what I mean? And like that would work, but I would more start from a, a, a point of. I got these styles and these images, and then here I am. You know what I mean? Don't you think that's funny? Because nowadays, that's so celebrated. Being the outsider is like the most celebrated thing to say. Like, I'm not this. I'm not that. This is what I am. Like, that's what kids. That's yeah. what that's what 18 year olds are blowing up on now. Yeah. And you were you're saying that you ran from that. Well, I mean, nah, I was extent. that. Yeah. I was. I ran from that in my writing. Yeah. I ran from being that outright. Mm-hmm. Because I was always like, I got these ideas first, these images first. I got these ideas, but I'll put myself in that scenario too. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's yeah. for, rather than be like, nigga, I'm in the hood. I'm in a, it's me. And, or it's rather like, and then there was a cosmic storm. And, then the, blah, 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 and I was there. Blah, blah, blah. You know what right, I mean? Right. You know what I mean? So it's like you create a context that's outer worldly. And then like you look and you're like, oh, shit, that nigga's right there inside all that shit like why is he there you know what I mean but he just explained why but you know it's cryptic but nigga that shit was kind of tight you know and that's how I would arrive at being fresh you know what I mean and and I only did that because I was like nigga what kind of perspective could I have you know if Mike is doing this if LA Cool's doing this if Volume Tim's doing this I'm like well I start from here Mm -hmm. you know what I mean but But that's just rap shit. But but rap shit is literary shit, man. That's just literary shit because that translates into other shit. Yeah. Are you happy? You a happy guy? Um, you know, Mike. I, I did a podcast with Mike, and he asked me that, and it's the hardest question to answer. But that's it's kind of a great question. Um, definitely not. I would say definitely not at the end of this year. But that being said, I have everything I can to be happy. Right. And that's kind of what uh, I'm stealing our conversation from Mike. But uh, I, I mean, basically, every once in a while, don't you have to kind of like just step back and be like, wait, like I'm getting to I'm getting to like live. I'm getting to like live to work instead of work to live kind of uh, like it's. Yeah, it's it's a real privilege, man. Yeah. Yeah, I well, won't lie. Why the fuck aren't we happy? Because we got we got high standards. I mean, not high standards. We have certain standards that haven't been met. But 
But, uh, I mean, I'm relatively happy. I know that I'm, uh, yeah, I know it could be way worse. Are, you're happier, are you happier now than you have been in the past, perhaps? That's sometimes how I have to tell myself, like, yeah, you're, you're not happy, but you're happier now than before. Yeah, I've been, I've been, you know what? I won't say this. You know, I think happiness is too bourgeois. I'm be completely honest. Mm-hmm. Do I feel capable? Do I feel energized? Yeah. I feel ready to go. Do I feel, you know, when I look at people and I talk to them, do I feel engaged? Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, am I the happiest when I go home? Eh, no, but. Right. But maybe that's ambition calling. Right. Being like, don't be happy. Keep going. Right. Oh, dude, I totally agree with that. Like <laughs> people, people say, "Oh, be more positive." I'm like, man, but the like, yeah. sometimes when I see some negative shit, that's what puts a spark in my ass to like make it better. You yeah, know what I mean, yeah, like, oh, yeah. I gotta, I gotta work harder, do something cooler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But it's it's hard to be zen, man. I'm trying to get there. Yeah, yeah. Zen. I don't know if that's the proper way to. But nah, anyway, it makes sense in context. So do, do you? Close enough. I feel like what you were saying earlier is that you were running or not running, but almost avoiding talking about your actual life in your writing. Do you find yourself doing that more now? No, I would talk about my life. I would just make it I would make it out of worldly. I would exaggerate it to the point where because I would feel like. Yeah, yeah, I would just exaggerate it, make make it colorful. I don't talk about my life as much right now, but. I don't talk about my life in a way that is overtly entertaining. Any, I don't know. How I talk about my life ain't really... Sometimes when I listen to my shit, I'm like, who is that person? I'm like, I don't, you know, I want to kick it with that person, but I don't know, I don't know for how long, you know what I mean? So, yeah. But, but that being said, you know, I, there's something to it, but... <laughs> <laughs> Do you, you got anybody that you talk about your feelings to? I'm not trying to make this like the super emo podcast. But... Nah, nah. I, I am. I like talk about this because I, uh, I completely avoid um, talking about it with. I completely avoid talking about it with my friends, so yeah. it's good to talk about it on the internet. Right, right. Perfect. I, I kind of. I, dude, I honestly use Even, talking about my feelings on the internet as a crutch to avoid them in real life, I think. I mean, I'm talking about it with my friend on the internet, right. so it's like, it's uh, yeah, it's some tightrope shit. Well, because it's, fu- it's funny, like, I almost feel like we have a completely contrasting um, concept about how to approach our, I guess, emotions in music. Because I, I use it complete. I'm like 100% using my emotions and like no... Uh, like there's no um creating worlds or like you know what i mean like i'm not creating imagery i'm just talking about like here's why i feel like shit because i never talk about why i feel like shit in real life and so i just want to use the music to get that out so that i don't ever have to like deal with it on a day-to-day basis that's amazing man. does that make sense i think that's why you're a great writer man uh, I don't know if I ever told you this. I probably have. But like one time uh, when I used to live in Santa Barbara a long, long time ago, uh, you were playing a show with Tumex at some bar there. And I went and, and I probably have told you this, but we ended up ciphering afterwards. And you were like so amazing in the cipher. And I was like a young 19 year old, like piece of shit, white kid rapper who like thought he was cool and just like sat there going oh, and like just tripping over my own tongue when i was rapping around you <laughs> and so uh yeah i remember like when i put my last record out and and uh you were like 
I listened to the record and, uh, you know, you've, you've got a grasp on your, on your voice, the, the tool that you have, like it's the way you use it is actually quite beautiful. And I went, Oh my God. Like I had little <laughs> butterflies in my stomach. Cause I was like, here's this guy that like made me feel so inept fucking 10 years ago. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's hilarious. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, uh, Ciphering is really important to me still. Yeah, is it? It it, it proves to me that uh that that it's still there. Yeah. But uh but uh you know. That's so funny cuz I haven't done that in probably close to 10 years now. Yeah, it's and, it's, and it's ridiculous. It makes me wonder like like I'm really I've been going through a crisis. We're we're venting to each other here. I got yelled at on my break that I like talk about myself too much on my podcast, but fuck those guys. That's dope. Yeah, but the uh I'm going through a crisis where I haven't written in a long time. And part of me th- oh. and then but that ties into the ciphering. I haven't had a desire to cipher in forever, so like I'm like is it still there? You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. But well, it's it's not I think rapping a lot just makes it easier. It's like, oh, you know, I've got my, I've got a grasp of this. Yeah. Do you do it at shows or where do you do it at? Oh, only, I do a lot of my improvising at shows. Um, I play with a band occasionally and there's a lot of improvising in that. And, um, but uh, it's good to be limber. It helps you, you know, stretch your mind creatively. What's the band? Oh, I play with uh, the Underground Railroad. Who's that? Uh, JMD. He's the leader. They they used to be the band to back the Fellowship. Okay, okay. Back in the days for like inner city griots and um, like park bench people, they played that song. You guys play out? Yeah, we Where? played. We played the Echo the other day, but we're gonna play Low in Theory. Sick. This coming week. Oh yeah, th- that's right. Okay, so this will come out the day. Uh, that you're playing low in theory, so plug you can plug that right now. If you're listening, you can catch my friend Reagan at low end tonight. There you go. We plugged it. <laughs> <clears throat> you know what I was thinking about on the car ride over? Um, when, when I was doing the Knox City thing, we went and filmed a piece on a band that you were doing, and you had like gloves that. Uh, what, what, what was that band called? Man, we. I wasn't quite prepared to take that on. We were called Physical Forms. That's right, Physical Forms. Okay. Yeah, we had a lot of we had a lot of tight shit. We I've been combing through some of those sessions. It's, you still in touch with those guys? Yeah, it's just a whole man. We made music a completely different way. It was very it was very informative. I really liked that. Yeah, I know. I thought it was cool. Did you you guys put a record? Uh, did you guys put a record out? No, never, no. never. You gonna revisit that or what? Um, not in that way. I yeah. can't because I don't even know how to do half that shit anymore. Yeah, which is but um, but we're gonna some of that is gonna come to light. But uh, I don't know. I think what's really interesting about rap mythology though is that you always hear dudes. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like in rap, man. I feel like in rap, there's always a pressure to get out of rap and like do other things. But like, yeah, I feel like that impetus is like immediate at this point. You know, it's like you come in to rap with a few, which is which is tight, which is tight because it makes you know, like you mean like people coming into the game going like, yeah, I'm not just a rapper. Like I also I do fashion, I do this, yeah, I well, do that. Well, fashion is a given. Yeah, yeah. you got to do fashion, right? But like, I'm wondering if people are gonna start getting to like, like I'm also a doctor, like, like, <laughs> like, right. like, 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 I'm also a pilot. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You know, like, I'm also an astronaut. You know. Right. I mean, I don't know if he's that sophisticated, but 
I don't know, like switch it up a little bit, like you know. Well, so the interesting, um, well, the thing that you brought up earlier, um, kind of about, you know, when you start rapping, you become this thing, and you have to like live up to this thing that you are as a rapper. But there are a few uh, rappers that I know, you being one of them, that I feel like, and you may disagree with this, but I feel like are so extremely creative that creativity is like constantly kind of pumping out and pumping through them um and i and i just wonder do you are there other mediums that you use that people don't know about like do you do you write folk songs do you fucking write poetry that people never see do you paint do you do any of that shit yeah you got any hobbies outside of rap yeah um not a lot i mean i write i write essays and poems you, I've written, I've uh, read some of your essays, and I think you're great at prose. Oh uh, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Thank you, man. Yeah. I mean, I've been put a lot out, but I've been writing that, and I'm hoping to get some of those out. Yeah. But um, I'm very deliberately inside of some process right now. But, but yeah, not too much. Um, there are some other songs that I do. I have a couple side projects privately that I tend to. You know, just doing production and uh, stuff of that nature. But as far as writing goes, yeah, I do have a lot of poems. I actually have a book that I'm waiting to put out. Nice. And um, but it's a it's a poems written under very specific conditions, written very quickly. But it's a hopefully I'll get that out. Like a year. like a self like self assigned constraints. Yeah, 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 just written really quickly, really short poems. Yeah. But, uh, but uh, I like. I think poetry is kind of an embarrassing medium, but I I give in very self indulgent, huh? Yeah, it is. But I give in Those to rap, it though. But raps rap makes sense because because yeah. people want to turn up, right? So there you go. Yeah. But uh, but no one wants to turn up to poetry, <laughs> or do they? I don't know. Well, they do. I'm being. I'm robbing poetry of its gifts. But uh, that being said, man, I love the word. I love the word. I'm I'm really that guy. Yeah, I mean it, it shows. It's very embarrassing. Yeah. No, I don't. Why would you be embarrassed of that? Because um, other people can deflect. I cannot. Is it? I'm I mean, I don't know. Oh, like, here's the thing. I'm going to bring up something maybe heavier than I have a grasp on. But like, kind of joke. No, I know. I, I know you are, but I'm going to go, I'm going to like look for the truth and the humor. But like it, it, when you say it's embarrassing, like, is it, is it, is it embarrassing to be like a really fucking smart black dude or what? Tight. Well, is, is that, is that a bad question? You know what? That's yeah. a very interesting thing to ask. Um, it, it has been. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't, A, I don't think I'm not smart. B, um, um, it depends on where that is, you know what I mean? Like, like where you're at during the day or whatever? Or in my life yeah. or anywhere, you know. I've I've gotten the privilege of being able to travel a little bit, mainly because of rap. And uh, being a smart black guy in certain circles in uh, certain countries, it makes you feel a certain type of way. But in the USA, you really have a really particular feeling, you know. I spent a lot of time in France, and I've felt very fetishized and very, you know, otherly in certain circles, but also felt very, you know, included in a new way. But, but you know, I've, I've, I've led a fairly 
a fairly a fairly privileged life. People have always been nice to me. I I fly under the guise of the arts. So people are like, "Oh, you're weird and you say things." Yes, yes, yes. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So that is a very convenient banner to fly under. So I recommend it if you can. But uh what what is that like to feel fetishized? That's an interesting term that I and I was reading uh I mean I was reading something about that just today of like how there's been a historical fetish, a fetishization of like uh you know white women fetishizing the black man. Yeah, well it's 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 age old. It's been mm-hmm. it's been a part of us for a while. Mm-hmm. And it's hardwired into our entertainment, you know, how we do everything. Mhm. I was watching Amy Schumer's movie and made me think of that. Just all the athletes in that movie, all the all the glistening black bodies readied to entertain and dazzle. It's just, you know, it's very it's very like it made me twitch, but but I guess it's uh I guess it's to be expected, you know. We're 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 bred for strength. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, well, we we definitely were. That's how it happened, you know. Right. I think uh, I love I love all the black entertainers of our world right now because they're so fantastic. They make you forget. It's like you guys are so wonderful. You make me forget that we were bred to be who we are. You know that we were we were unmoored from any history or language, kept away from knowledge to a, a alarming degree even to this point and it's like but it makes but they're so good they make you forget it all our black celebrity class they're so good you know but 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 when you think of your actual black friends you're like what wait a minute that's not true (laughs) (laughs) or your actual family you're like wait a minute that's not true but anyway that's my that's my tirade on celebrity as a white rapper an overly self-aware white rapper i've (laughs) become like very um conflicted about like my existence lately particularly with all the other white rappers kind of like fucking everything up and and being shitheads and your slim jesus's and your your iggy azalea's and your whomever else like there are uh, the list goes on uh, of like overtly racist uh caricature white rappers and I don't know, man. Like, there's just such a long history of of American blacks being so fucking awesomely creative and in the music industry specifically, and then everything getting stolen from them and then popularized by a white person. And it's crazy now that, like, rap has been around for what seems like so long because it's been, like, 30, 35 years. But all of a sudden right now there's there was, like, the great white wave where, like, it was two years in a row where it was like a white dude was the biggest rapper and then a white chick was the biggest rapper and it just felt like um it just felt like the Rolling Stones stealing from Muddy Waters all over again or something. I don't know. I think that there's always a pretense to these circumstances and I think that, that the pretense is that we think that we're better than that, that we are like moral, that we care, that we wanna give, we wanna we want to uh we want the innovators to be the first, we wanna see them do it. You know, in in case of American music, we want the black originator to be the one rather than the more marketable guy. But the reality is that that doesn't happen, you know, and it's there's a choice, you know, and it's 
a lot of it are choices by people. A lot of it is just how the market's done, you know? And it's like, even, I mean, there are black artists who do really well, but their businesses may not function to where, you know, other people of color or other people in their business, you know, benefit as much, you know, you know, but, um, I don't know, man. I don't really know about that. I don't really know. It's hard to really feel like you own anything that's like music or like intellectual property. You know what I mean? Like I always have this question. I always ask this of people like, do you feel like you own your music? Like this is a part of your culture or is this just something you are part of that's on the internet? You know, or is this just some thing? You know what I mean? Or, yeah. And it's like, it's hard to like, people don't really know what what is what and it's like it's important to make the distinction because if you have something that's yours that you produce it's yeah value you know what i mean you know and for me i think rap is a part of like my culture how i grow up like my people you know what i mean and for you know to me you're a part of that because you understand rap in a true way and it's like that when people I think I think it's cool that we make money off rap, that it's a business, but you have to understand these things developed out of little out of out of these certain confluences of pressures, you know what I mean? Like hip hop happened in the seventies because of particular pressures, you know. Mm -hmm. The the economy was in the toilet, you know, New York was was coping with it in a particular type of way. You know, people on, on, on the West Coast were coping with it in a different type of way. In New York, they made hip-hop as a coping mechanism. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, you, you can't... I mean, people can ignore that, but if you... But why would you? Because that's fascinating. You know what I mean? Why, right. would, you, why would you take that power away from hip-hop? Mm -hmm. And, like... But that's what black music is. It's, a, it's an organic response to a confluence of crushing pressures. I mean, that's what jazz is. You know? Right. And it's like, so that being said, you know, these are all, we're all making really pretty slave songs and, and, you know, we should, you know, keep that, keep that knowledge in there. But, but that shit is not going to happen and we're going to have another Iggy in a, you know, another right. few years. Right. I, uh, that, that kind of, um, line of, of thought reminds me also of, of what, I used to just think it was like an annoying internet argument when people would talk about real hip hop versus rap, like rap versus hip hop or like yeah. it would be a bunch of like white internet nerds talking about like what real hip hop is. And now as I've gotten older and more fucking conflicted, like I said, yeah, I I've deemed that to be I, I think that's like a racist argument now. Like, am I am I crazy for thinking that that's that like a bunch of white people trying to tell a culture what is real and what is not particularly when like the shit that gets deemed real hip hop is generally like the more like lyrical like w w what fucking white folks would deem as more intelligent you know what i mean yeah it's really this is a i've always had a problem with this it's really difficult cuz it's heavily racialized you know right i think there's whole eras of rap rooted in this type of thinking that have been completely whitewashed and not really intentionally. They just, they meant well, but what they were doing was they were isolating a certain type of experience as being the, this is the crown achievement of rap, this, these set of experiences, you know what I mean? And, uh, and, uh, 
I felt that way about a lot of rap in the aughts, you know, in the early aughts that came about. Mm-hmm. When uh, all those great labels, you know, Rhyme Sayers, Def Jux, and everybody, and all those, you know, and Anaconda, and you had the Project Blow, people, you had um, um, Quantum, you know, all those acts. There was, I always felt like that movement was very, there was a racial element to it that was not really eked out enough. I mean, I talked about it in my record, Fear of a Black Tangent, because I just felt like there was just a certain type of character that was being prioritized, you know? And if you look at all those groups now, the groups that are still relevant now, you know, have those stories, you know? They mm-hmm. they have those stories, and, you know, it's we see what that does. It makes you exist longer. Wait, which stories? Clarify that. Well, just the stories of the winners. I'm, yeah. being, I'm being nebulous because... Um, but yeah, the stories of the winners. There's, you know, there's certain stories that work for certain type of hip hop that's considered good. You know what I mean? Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? And it's like quote unquote real. Yeah. There's there's a certain spin on the black experience there that is not that inclusive of a lot. You right. Know what I mean. Right. So so what I mean is like acts from that era in the odds, like, and I mean in the odds they really. We really thought, you know, they really um, idolized the ni- the '90s too, but you know, I felt like it was a chance for a lot of white rappers to get their flex on. And all I'm saying is that those acts have kept their grip. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, and that's really what the truth is with music. Is like, who is the um, audience? You know what I mean? Like, what's your audience? The audience. We're not, you know, the overwhelming majority of people are going to want certain type of stories. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, uh, but anyway. Well, they want to be able to listen to music that can that they're looking in a mirror. Essentially. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going on a tangent. So let me let me stop. I just have always kind of found that interesting and like more so recently now that I've like been around more and more artists and because I feel like I'm guilty of it in the past of saying like, oh, real hip hop, this and that and the other. And and like and now I look back and I go, oh, this shit that I listen to now that I love so much when I was like 16, I would have been like, this is like ignorant. And I think that ignorant is such a fucking loaded word in and of itself. Like I hate when people talk about quote unquote ignorant rap. I don't know what I'm getting at other than like, I've I've never had the real hip hop conversation with a black, like no black person, no black friend of mine has ever brought up what is real hip hop versus rap. That's only a conversation that white people have. I feel like, yeah, it's, it's polarizing agendas along race lines. You can't really ignore that. And I always, I always felt personally that I needed to kowtow to that. Like markets, like, I always thought that I worked in certain markets because I rap well. You know, that's why a lot of my base is pretty white because my rap is hyper-intelligent. But, you know, I came up rapping with dudes who rapped hyper-intelligent too, but a lot who did it, you know what I mean? And, like, me personally, I did it alongside them mm-hmm. as if it was no thing. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I have a, you know, I'd have my homie misfit or cr and a song with me and we'd all just be barring out you know what i mean and it's like that's my relationship with it so i don't like prioritize you know what i mean and it's like 
But like most of my, a lot of people don't share that. And I'm like, oh, that's weak. You know, he's talking about bitches and hoes. It's like, but you don't understand like what's happening there. <laughs> you know, you're not, yeah. you're not putting that because that perspective on top of this music does something. If you don't see what that does, then, you, you know. But That's what I'm saying is like art, art in and of itself is so subjective and it goes back to what we were saying about the vehicle. You know what I mean? Like rap as a medium, that is a vehicle. Like you might drive the car. I mean, this is like on the nose since your name is bus driver, but you might drive that bus one way uh, and someone else might drive it another way, but you both still know how to drive. And, and there's an inherent fucking talent to be able to do that. And who's to say like, just because one person is rapping from intellect and one is rapping from pure unfiltered emotion, it's still coming from there, there's still like this inherent uh, artistry and talent to that. That is like n- one is not better than the other. They are merely different. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Well, you know, there's one dominant culture, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Speaking of dominant culture, what we were kind of talking about off air, there's another shooting tonight uh, where uh, a black man in San Francisco named Mario Woods was just shot about, I don't know, fucking 35 times. It seemed like uh, and video got released. And that, that's been something where like, like we kind of were joking about when the mics first got turned on about how your tweets are kind of all of, they're always these little subversive mini po- mini political poems i feel like particularly right now because it's such a heated political environment like um I-, I don't really i don't really have a question other than i just like to hear you talk about things and i like your perspective and i'm and i'm just wondering like i don't know how how like how does it feel to see so many fucking people of color being killed every f- week every month every fucking all the time by people that are you know supposedly protecting I don't know. I I just it, it disgusts me, and I and I just well, wanna... I don't feel especially. I feel like there is a lot of confusion about what people think the police are. You know, right? I think that I don't know how to really start this conversation because I feel like you're setting me up to say something that's a. Uh, and I don't want you to like. I don't want well, this to become like some kind of. Uh, no, no, like yeah, I because I'm not I looking for a headline. Well, no, I don't really have a good. I don't feel like I have a fully informed perspective, and I'm you know I have I have the same response that everyone should have. Is mm. I'm scared, you know, like yeah. it's not because I'm scared it's going to happen to me, but I'm scared that all this evidence of something that's not only been going on forever, but something that's just a fundamental reality in my world and and anyone who I know intimately, you know, like my, when I talk about, my, when I think about my family and my base, you know, this is like a, a given reality that there is danger out there. Um, I just feel like if there's that much evidence of it out there and nothing radically changes, then that is really, that is really the problem, you know? Because it's like now all the wild claims of systemic racism from like the 60s and 70s are like transcripts on the table now. It's like here's the here's the FBI transcripts about COINTELPRO through the 70s. Here's 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 the MK Ultra program and the drug program in the 70s in, in Oakland. Here's, you know, how the police profit off of citing black black life more aggressively in these counties here it is right here this is what it does what are we going to do about it 
Not a motherfucking thing. Right. And well, and then you and then you have uh, you have like people like Bill, Bill O'Reilly who who get so offended by the fact that there could be systemic racism. He's on TV every night preaching that racism in America is over and there's no such thing. And people believe that. Well, he well because people have the fundamental belief that when someone says something and that they're a trusted voice, that it's truth and it's not like that's corporate code. That's like agenda being spewed at them. You know what I mean? And like and that's the thing, like, I don't feel like I'm informed because I'm sifting right. through all the shit. And it's like people are so smart that they've co-opted the ideas. They've co-opted not only the acts, not only the weapons, but the ideas, the acts, the language. So it's like people don't even know how to respond to this shit properly. I think we've been so improperly rewired. I mean, we don't realize what we're looking at. I mean, people being blown fuck away by futuristic mega cops. Yeah. I mean, kiss my ass. This shit is. Yeah. I mean, it's the it's the army rolling through. Yeah. Like that's what it looks like. And when when there when there are and that's the thing is that even the language, you know what I mean? Whether it's riots or gatherings or protests, but either way, when there are a bunch of people uh, that have an opinion that are in a group together, the fucking army rolls through. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's a bunch of dudes in bulletproof vests and helmets. Yeah, and it's and it's <clears throat> the uh, the shooting in uh, in Minneapolis is really uh, was disturbing. Mm-hmm. Was disturbing too because of all the uh, the obvious signs that the perpetrators of of the shooting, um, the uh, the uh, white supremacist group guys. I don't know the name of the actual group. But they seem to be, they seem to have gotten some sort of pass from law enforcement to like do that, you know, mm. to 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 lead men away from the protest and then shoot them. And it's and every you know, and it's like when you say that out loud, people immediately shout it down. Oh, that's ridiculous. But we all know that there are military ties and law enforcement ties to white supremacist groups. That's how they came about. You know, the KKK was started by generals of the fucking uh, Civil War. That's how it started. Mm -hmm. They were a paramilitary organization. You know, they they went from just, you know, entertaining, you know, little silly ideas to mobilizing and becoming a real army like soon after that. So that's the foundation of the shit. Mm -hmm. So it's like, what do you mean? Like, Mm -hmm. you can't. And that's what I mean. Like, there's, there's, there's no when you see all the evidence out there, and it's like when you know just like two things. It's like, well, well, what is there to hide anymore? And like, what are we really saying? All we're saying is that this is how the world works. We've settled on how the world works, and you know, black people are are cool, but y'all still gotta stay right here because it just works too good. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, and it, but but it's not really about black people being being hurt. It's about them being used as a measure of inequality so that they can so that a system can be controlled you know what i mean it's 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 about it's not about black people being treated badly because who the fuck cares about that what it's about is that you gain so much that you have a whole echelon of success that we've never seen mm-hmm. that we don't even know about that's what people t- i mean people talk about black people like like who cares? Like, the, like black people are being hurt. That's one thing. But what? What's the benefit? Oh, the benefit. Oh, it's so lush. 
You know what I mean? Like, look at the world. Like, look at look at these prophets that um that these uh, um um that these um that these prisons make these companies oh. that own these prisons and uh, and uh, and these monies that these police counties are able to um, rob from people. Right. I mean, something like um, th- like one in three black men will eventually be in prison at some point in their life, statistically, right now. That's money. Yeah. That's uh, money. And I mean, ju- and the- and here's the thing: is that the way that it's handled, even it's so crass in- in- journalistically. Um, you know, there was a story the other day about uh, a, a white girl that was selling uh, a bunch of drugs in, in college. Her dad's a DEA agent, and she, and she went viral because she took the quote unquote like happiest looking mugshot, right? And this is at a time where like all the important news that I, that I read is about how uh, prison sentences are so there's so much inequality in prison sentences. Where if that was uh, a, a teenage black man. Uh, selling drugs in college, he he would be art. He wouldn't have had bail, you know what I mean. <laughs> and she she didn't. She went out. She got released with no bail or thirty like thirty G's in bail or something like that. But anyway, yeah, yeah. Um, it, it's it's you know I it's all about taking responsibility for it. And man, it's it's really good to me personally. I just try to let people know in creative ways, you know, that the world is not what it seems, you know, but it's. Well, and when you said that we've settled, like that's that's like a a good way to describe it because like my main emotion about all of this is like it feels hopeless, like it just feels hopeless. At the same time, it feels like we're on this like obvious precipice where like something has to give and something has to change. But then I look and I go, that's how they felt in the sixties. You know what I mean? That's how they probably felt in the fucking eighteen hundreds. Like, yeah, yeah. like, th- like this is a cyclical thing where it never actually changes. It, well, it, it gets mean, quiet for a while. I think that you know, the movement needs to move on from where it ended off in the sixties, because a lot of people, the uh, the leaders of the civil rights movement of the sixties, are used against us. You know, people bring up Martin Luther King and. Oh my! Yeah, all the time, and it's like, but it's like I always like to bring up, you know, he was killed. Yeah, they killed him. You mm-hmm. know, like, mm-hmm. like, like he was great, wasn't he? But they killed him. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like all the leaders. You know, yeah, having that, having that definite end. Well, there's like this. There's like this. Um, and uh, I, 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 I just, it's weird because like, first they died and under really suspicious circumstances, and then because we don't possess. We can't firmly politicize our dead. They're used against us. You know what I mean? Like you know, you know. And it's like, it's well, so like, this might be a crazy analogy, but but hear me out. Like sometimes when I watch the news and I hear about, there are frequently white journalists that will say, "Well, this is not what Dr. Martin Luther King had in mind in his dream." Yeah. How, how is that much farther off than a fucking nineteen-year-old white kid telling me what real hip hop is? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> exactly. what? Do you, what? Do, what the fuck do you know about what Martin Luther King Jr.'s dream was? You know what I mean? Well, so. it's, it's it's not even that. It's just you know, it's just taking the sound bite. You know, mm-hmm. but but you know that's why myth making is so important, man. You mm-hmm. know, and black people love myths, man. Mm-hmm. You know, black black people are sold a lot of myths, but you know, I don't really. It's funny. I feel like we're talking about a lot of um, a lot of particular 
Yeah, I, I, I told you I've been I've been locked in the house for a month, so nah, I, need, nah. I needed to I needed to talk. Nah, that's all good. But you yeah. know, I don't really you know I don't really know. All this hits me similar to how everyone else hits everyone else. But right. I will say that the only reason why I feel really just engaged by this is because we've been in a war for 15 years, right. and the fact that that's normal is really weird. You know what I mean? And it's like, but but uh, the reason why it's normal is because our immediate surroundings aren't threatened, yeah. and uh, and um, but uh, but just understanding how that like affects the um, the world is important. Like, because when we talk about the cops, I mean that's the one thing I that struck me when the Ferguson riot, when the Ferguson riot, when the Ferguson protest was yeah. turned into the Ferguson debacle and, right. and called a riot. Was you know all the all the all the amazing weaponry that was unveiled and like that that to me is is everything that that says everything right there. It's like okay, this is this is why the war needs to come to a close because we're bringing these global pacification powers, these amazing body destroying technologies like really body destroying technologies we're just putting a little bit of them everywhere you know what i mean and um and you know that that snowballs into a bunch of shit you know and if people think that cops are doing genuine police work anymore more they're really not you know there's if your data is up for grabs you know it's it's just about paperwork and finding out stuff and then reverse engineering crimes and mm -hmm. so it's just i don't know how i don't see how people can trust anything that we have um so in step with that you know do something that promotes some happy shit <laughs> <laughs> turn up <laughs> turn up yeah. but but yeah man you you got me talking about this shit man but man i'd be at the house man just thinking about plots thinking about plots yeah, i know i'm so, i'm sorry that i like tried to go i'm sorry that we went there but like i, I you know here's the thing is that i'm in my head a lot <laughs> I, I'm, I'm alone a lot uh, as well you know what i mean and i think about these things all the time and i go who would i want to talk to this uh, talk about these things with and you, you're a fucking prime candidate well man i will say this man race in america is completely upside down it is the whole concept of it is completely fucked it's so interesting too uh, i you know i'm trying i try to get my read on a little bit i try to do some reading i read um tanahasi coates book oh yeah uh the world the world against me no no the world and i can't remember what it's called yeah something with the world and me yeah but he he uses the word body uh, like they will try to destroy my body like he talks about how you know black parents they beat their kids because they want to they want you to know like if you fuck up I, i'm doing this to hurt your body so that you know that if you do this and get caught by the wrong person they will end your body like they will destroy your body mm -hmm. you know what i mean like that's the act actual he uses the word body a lot that yeah, way yeah. I, found, I found that I, you know it was just a perspective that i never that I, I hadn't really thought of or, or heard, and, and I was just kind of like, wow. Well, I don't know, man. Yeah, it's, don't a, it's, it's a real physical experience, you know? It's, yeah. uh, it's a physical experience being different. I think, uh, I think a part of what makes... I don't know, a part of what makes uh, black people great entertainers is because of their adaptability, you know what I mean? It's kind of it's kind of used against us, but 
there's a certain kind of adaptability that's begged of you, probably. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If you grew up in most backgrounds, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, I think that that urgency, that translates to a lot of different things. But that's a great book, man. Yeah. That's a great dude. He um he lives in Paris, man. That's where, that's where, that's where a lot of black writers go. <laughs> Do you ever get back there? I go to Paris a lot. That's where that's where Mike Ladd lives. That's a friend of mine. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Mike, Mike Ladd. He's he's a he's he's similarly in in exile. <laughs> it, it's so crazy because like I feel like there's nothing that could get brought up without like some tragedy getting brought up, and I'm like, oh, oh. you bring up Paris, and then there's a tragedy. I don't want to. I don't know. Like, no, I want to talk about that all the way, man. Uh, all right. Because yeah. uh, I would love to hear about that. That is okay. Because. Um, Paris is a very beautiful city. I spent a lot of time there. I went to school there. Yeah, I remember you telling me that. I went to school for a year there. Um, it's where my baby mama is from. And um, it's a beautiful city, man. I played the Abetacon three times. Did you? Yeah. Does your daughter live over there? No, but she'd like to. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, how crazy is um So you played that place three times, you said. Yeah, but it's really hard to imagine all that carnage there. But uh but uh, you know, it's hard to uh it's hard for us to deprioritize that too, you know what I mean? It's like what pocket of dead people do you honor more? Right, because there were like three other huge tragedies in that same twenty-four hour span, or something. Well, yeah, it's but it's you know it's it's I mean, but it's that being said, it's 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 an awful attack, and who the hell can imagine that shit? Yeah. That being said, look at what they've done with that. What 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 have they done with those dead bodies? They've they've started multiple bombing campaigns in Syria, and uh, you know. Britain just joined in, and it's like they're creating a climate in the Middle East in that area that's so volatile. Doesn't it kind of feel – it feels like history repeating itself yet again? Well, it's, it is. It's yeah. not even – and it's, there's no – people can't be confused about I think people need to stop giving people the benefit of the doubt. I think we passed, I mean, we, we, we maybe haven't passed the point of giving people the benefit of the doubt, but it, it will be helpful because the U.S. has is very clear with its objectives. They want to exasperate some weird war and just take over the world through, through, uh, through everyone relinquishing powers and being terrified by these, by these, these, the, the these Disney the, villains by these unpredictable brown people yeah. who we have to keep out of our borders because they can be. It's like it's weird to me about the refugee shit because it's like they're killing the refugees. That's why they're leaving. Like I know it seems like that um, that uh, Daesh is killing Americans, but they aren't. They're killing Muslims, right? You know what I mean. So when they flee that that march of death. It'd be to our advantage to embrace them rather than leave them there to, right. to, to for you know and it's like it's really but it's but when you build that that climate where racism and xenophobia is like so essential to your economics and like and your business model 
in your war is to like just make it worse you know this is yeah. so of course this is what happens but i don't really know how that's going to resolve to me that's that's a problem that's like how do you get past that yeah all these people like like waves of people trying to get out of these conflicts and like oh sorry america america and the eu we're too our race politics are too stark right now for us to accept you right Y'all are just too dark. Mm-hmm. This shit is too weird. Y'all too dark. Right. <laughs> that right. shit is... I mean, that shit is... Th- and I think that the people... <clears throat> I, I, I think that the repercussions get forgotten about because it's like how these... Um, I don't know. What's well, going to happen to the three-year-old 15 years down the line who knows that, like, yo, USA hates us? You know what I mean? What, that, I don't know. But I'm saying governments do that on purpose. Yeah. Governments know that shit. Right. There's people who go to school forever to figure out how this ends. Yeah. The government hires them, and they know. They're mm-hmm. like, okay, how can we make this war? We made this much money. We spent all these. We, we write blank checks for all of these different operations how can we keep this shit up right, right let's keep these kids coming right you know what i mean and it's like i don't i don't i don't like to say that outright but it's like what any i mean most i just listen to military analysts who were like come on guys what are y'all doing mm-hmm. stop mm-hmm. stop or either stop or do it either either end the war or stop you know what i mean because this shit is like and it's like everyone says it this isn't it's not even like leftists to even think that the war is some ploy right it's just common sense i'll say the one thing that like really um surprised me about the reaction about the quick reaction because it was big news the day after the paris tragedy uh um that france started a a a bombing campaign on syria like the next day you know what i mean and people said oh it's a powerful move or, or what have you depending on what part of the news you're reading yeah but what i was surprised by was that if you remember, there was a big stink in the states after nine eleven about freedom fries and like no no more French toast. It was like freedom toast and fucking freedom fries or oh, whatever. Yeah, I remember that. And, and the reason for that, and, and you know, people dumping out French wine. The reason for that was because France was one of the countries that said, "Hey, you guys are like." you guys don't need to invade Iraq. Like this is, that's not the right move right now. And we're not going to join you on that. And people went, Oh, France isn't on our side. Then fuck their fries. You know what I mean? And it's like, so I was surprised to see France take such a, I I mean, it's all so fucking nuanced. I have no, I I don't know enough about it, but I, I was personally surprised that to hear that they were starting bombing the next day. So that didn't seem like a very French thing to me. That's crazy. That's amazing that you picked out that difference. I completely remember that. That's very. Look at how far we've come. Mm-hmm. Oh, and that's what I'm saying is like it, it's a different boat when it happens in your country. It, it, it's like it, you know if if you're the fucking well, it's a different boat because the war has been going on since then. Right. Right. And this new Syrian war and is all linked into like what happened 15 years ago. In and movie. it's not the same people. Yeah. That was Al Qaeda. This right. is ISIS. And it's like, who is that? You know, and it's right. like, it's way worse now. Because yeah. look how quickly they they mobilized. Right. They planted that passport, make it, made, made it seem like it was a refugee. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. whoever, I mean, who, but it's like, who planted the passport? Either. One of the per- one of the the actual terrorists, the the attackers, mm-hmm. or like someone else, like whoever did it, it benefits Daesh and the war machine. You know yeah, what I mean? It's right. like, and all it does is make people lose. Right. There is no, there is no West versus this 
Islamic uh, 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 monster. No, there's 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 uh, war machines versus average people. Right. You know who who are who are fragmented by by race politics being generated by the war machines. Mm-hmm. You want to hear some crazy shit? And I don't know where this fits into the whole puzzle of everything, yeah, but this yeah. is just me trying to apply my actual life to things that are happening. Exactly. Right? I, I'm. I'm. Uh, my dad is career military. Oh, it's tight. Yeah, that's how we ended up in Alaska. He was in the Air Force for 25 years or something. I don't know. Um, but his last assignment, his last tour of duty, he was in Guam for like a year, maybe. Uh, and we stayed in Alaska while he was doing that. It was his last little tour, and. Um, he he was there in Guam. He was a medic in the Air Force, taking taking care of Kurdish refugees. That was in '96. That was in '96, and here we are, 20 years later, and we're still talking about Kurds. Yeah. Like the Kurds are fighting ISIS, who are fighting Syrians, who are fighting this and that and the other. Yeah, and it's still there's there's still a fucking yeah. cyclical refugee thing going on it's, 20 years later. It's still quagmire. Yeah, yeah I don't know. It, that's crazy, man. Right? Yeah, I don't, I don't have too many uh, family in the military, but yeah, but I had a lot of friends who went in, yeah, and came out all buff, right? <laughs> I, one, I don't know. One other thing, I was talking to my mom about this today. Actually, I was surprised to learn like when my father joined the military. Part of the promise of that was if you're a career military and you retire from us, like you work your twenty five, twenty to twenty five years, and you retire, yeah, you'll have health care for the rest of your life through the military, right? Yeah. And so it turns out now, my father, I think you know, like uh, has Alzheimer's disease and yeah. needs more medical attention than the average person his his age. Yeah. And they have since canceled that policy, and so he doesn't have health insurance through the military like they do it through my mom's like uh through her job that she retired from which i just thought was crazy because here here we are like pumping so many people into the military and keeping all these wars going and 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 you know you get this promise of like you know oh this will change your life and then you get home and they don't take care of you it seems like so i don't know i don't know what the va's deal is but i don't see that's not a responsive organization, man. Right. They'll do. I mean, I do have a cousin who's in the military, and he needs uh, he needs to go to them for uh, for some uh, some um, for meds for various ailments yeah. that that, right. that that he got. I, I kind of forgot what what exactly struck him. I think some kind of PTSD thing. Mm-hmm. But it's impossible, you know. what I mean, he spends it's like a job doing that. Yeah. But. And I've never heard, I've, I've never thought about it, but through my life, he just always referred to it as just a hassle. And it's like, wow, right. that's amazing. But yeah, man, what is that about? No sol- soldiers can't get no love right. after the fact. Right. But, you know, you got robots flying over farms, blowing up kids and grandma. Yeah. This is a this is a dark conversation. We went there. Yo, man, I you caught me, man. I'm just out in the streets, man. I, well, I've needed to, I've needed to just fucking you know brainstorm some fucking thoughts that I had floating around too. So I don't know. Well, it's it's all it's all fine and dandy. We're we're just we're just kicking raps, man. Yeah, let's uh let's talk about some happy things real quick. Like, tell me about things that you have coming up uh, in support of Thumbs that you guys can go purchase right now. Oh yeah, Thumbs is a digital release. Get it. On, get it where 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 you can get it on. It's there. on Spotify. It's on Spotify. You know what I'm gonna start telling it's on people iTunes. To do? Hey, when you go to sleep tonight, put 
it on repeat but on mute and then just keep playing it on Spotify over and over and over and he'll see them checks, man. Uh, you'll see them checks. <laughs> Percentages of pennies. Yeah. Yeah, I'm on Spotify's, I'm on the I'm on the SoundClouds, I'm on the iTunes. Please go see Thumbs or tonight. listen to it. <laughs> hey, you can go see them tonight. Yeah, go see it tonight. Uh, uh, that low in theory. Also, uh I don't have too many videos for this album, but I have a a video for my song Much. And you can see that. Is it out already? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I needed to go. I need to go watch it. You, you've always been a big. Uh, you're a big v- music video influence. You, you got, you got, you always go in on the music videos. I I'm gotta tired. give it up. That's yeah. what's up, man. Yeah, your Thank videos you. are super trill. I really appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. And yeah, see me tonight. Uh, play songs from Thumbs with the Underground Railroad. With the Underground Railroad. At Low in Theory yeah. with Daddy Kevin, nobody, and all my and all them. All the confidants. All the confidants. But, uh, yeah, Thumbs, I may have a physical release of it coming out soon in the near future. And um, besides that... What are you, you going to do CDs, you think? Or like vinyl or something? Or what? I don't know. I don't know if I'm doing CDs again for a while. They, they almost kind of feel... They feel done. I don't know. Well, for my personal economy, they've always been important. But yeah. uh, I don't even feel like this... I don't know. I kind of feel like at this point, I-, I might switch over to vinyl if I do another thing, just because, like, at this point, people don't want it to play. They want it to be signed. And so it's like, you know, why not get half as many yeah. and just sell them at shows for fucking more money, and then they still get something to ha- and then th- That way they can hang it on their wall or something. Definitely. I, I definitely know. prefer vinyl over yeah. CDs. But I, you know, I feel like there's, there's just less rules. I think things are getting so loose and weird. Yeah. The vinyl thing is tough too. There's like a little, almost like a weird fucking indie acts are getting pushed out of vinyl. You, re- I'm sure you know about that. No, there's not enough plants for as many people that want vinyl and all this shit. Oh yeah, yeah. It's pretty. Uh, that's well, we're we're lucky. We have a lot of good plants here yeah, in LA. Yeah. Anyway, man, I, I don't know. I had a good time with this, and I appreciate you going there we've been talking for a long time man. yeah i'm sure there's still some people listening and if, and i'm sure there's some people that are like steaming over things that i have said uh and that's perfectly fine uh i i blacked out at least three times so i can't be held accountable for half the things i said right oh man sometimes when i do these i go man i don't want to listen back i've already said something crazy but it happens um yeah man thank you i appreciate it tight yeah tell the people where you're at Bus you, driver. you can see me on uh, on the Twitters, uh, bus driver with two R's. You can see me on the Instagrams. Um, I'm going to be touring next year in the United States and in Europe with various people. Please see me rapping. You Go not- see this man rap. Yeah, um, just please do. And, I, I and I I know that this has been a a long chain of me just blowing smoke up your ass and giving you <laughs> compliments, but I I will say from personal experience, bus driver is one of the one of the few people that goes on stage and you can truly see him losing himself in the music and I, and as a performer myself, I love to see that and so it's worth watching him in concert. Tight, tight, come yeah. come see me rap. There you go. All right, man. Well, thank you. <laughs> My name is Lee. Some of you guys might know me as Intuition. You can follow me on Twitter at It's Intuition. You can follow my man behind the boards making the shit sound buttery at I am database space with two S's. His name is Ben Shim. I forgot to say that part. Uh, follow us as a unit at Kinda Neat. 
Go to youtube.com slash kind of neat where you're going to see Bus Driver perform. What song are you going to do? Species of Property. You're going to see Bus Driver perform Species of Property. And you're already one of our top um, 15 videos. We've done a bunch of these, and you're in the top 15, which I think is a is a very solid spot. You're about to break 200,000. Like, your video killed the, the last one. Um, yeah. Uh, podcast. Subscribe. Uh, just like search for kind of neat on the podcast app and subscribe. Uh, let's get back into the habit of leaving reviews, five star reviews and rate it and all that stuff. I want to get to like 200 reviews and, and make us seem legit. I don't know. So maybe like somebody will call and make me view, do voiceover work. If you do that, I don't know. Um, other than that, thank you guys for tuning in. I'm sorry that I took such a long break. I got really busy and, uh, that is my man bus driver and I'm intuition. And this was kind of neat. 